Despite a statewide thank you. Despite a statewide ban on texting and driving, authorities say it's perfectly legal to send text messages while stopped at a red light. Uh, but I got to tell you, That's I dumb. don't care what it's not right. case it is closed. If it's not right, why I did agree. you do it? I agree with you guys. It's not correct. And I told my students not to do it. But I'm being honest and saying, yeah, I, I have done it. And not a lot, but every once in a while I've done it. If I come up to the light, and it all of a sudden changed to red. I said, oh, another two-minute light. So then I, I, wonder, I might have uh, sent a quick text. That's it. You wonder what's so important in Bobo's life. I, would, I want to see those texts. <laughs> what, yeah, really. right. what and we don't even wait. know. All we know is Natalie saw him in the car making a video. I don't know about that. Right. Texting is legal. I'm not sure making no, a video is legal. that had to be well, at the claims, All right. She claims it wasn't. She saw cars moving on both no. sides. All right. All right, Bobo, enough you, of this. I, I told you yesterday he used to do that, Bubba. He used to, I used to get crazy in my periscope, and oh. he used to do it and turn around in the back seat, look at his dog in the back seat. It made me nuts on his So way you're to busting, work. You're busting Bubba. Time. You're busting Bubba, but meanwhile, you're doing possibly the same thing. Yeah, but he was actually driving. I don't drive in text. Right. I don't Thank drive you, and do video. All right. I'm glad we cleared That's that it. up. It's fascinating. Thank you. By the way, <laughs> if you're at a wet white, you can yeah. actually have some alcohol because you're technically not driving. Yeah, well, good luck with that. Uh, wow. <laughs> that is awesome. What? Hey, honey, is that you? I thought it was my wife. We got a lot of mail about my story about the pizza that the Fallon sent over. Uh-huh. I thought Beth was here. I'm trying to get her in the studio about that. But oh. I'll tell you what. Let me take a little break. Uh, okay. I'll come back. I, here's what I, I mean. I got a ton of stuff to, I keep telling you this. I got a ton of stuff for you. Um, and I do. Let me see how much I can get through when we get back. And then uh, we'll hear from uh, Katy Perry as well. Find out how she's holding up. Yeah. Not only during this uh, coronavirus, but she's pregnant and uh, about to give birth. It's got to be a nightmare with coronavirus. And I wonder, you know, I know that, well, I guess all promotion is happening from home right now because i know orlando bloom had a movie out not too long ago and i saw him doing a couple of interviews but i don't know if he was uh, where are they where are they right now we're gonna find everything out robin all right gotta be patient this is a very international couple you know yeah Uh, i guess i should take a few more phone calls and if you're Katy perry do you want to have your baby in the u.s or do you want to have it in england no, U.S. Really? Not or, anymore. I don't know if that, that's nah, a come on. dunk. At USA, all the way. <laughs> uh, let's go to Carrie real quick. I should take a break, but I'll do it later. Hey, Carrie, what up? Howard and Robin, how are you guys doing this Hi. morning? Good. Hi. So, Howard, I we've been listening to your show for, for, for years now. It's me and my fiancé. Um, and, you know, you've been around for a while, and the whole thing about the mask really just pisses me off because I'm, I'm 29 years old. I know it's my generation. We're idiots. But what kills me is, and, and you've been around and you've, and you've had so many interviews, um, when did people just stop, you know, understanding other people's health and well-being and disregarding that? Because what irks me is, I'm on the sidewalks in, in Philadelphia. Philadelphia is opening up right now. And we live in a neighborhood. Restaurants are opening up, opening up and social distancing. And you can wear a mask to the hostess stand, but then as soon as you sit down, you can take it off. Yet you're three feet from another table and complete strangers that are also not wearing a mask. So then well, if be- I go out to walk a dog, I'm wearing a mask on the sidewalk, but no one else is wearing a fucking mask around them. Sorry. Well, I curse I all the time. I really Listen, Carrie, <laughs> here's the thing. First of all, you say your generation's a bunch of assholes. Let me clear it up for you. You're actually second generation assholes. Uh, <laughs> my generation are, are the, is we're the dumbest. OG. Yeah, we're the, yeah we're, the, we're the original gangsters of assholes. I mean, my generation, I knew growing up that once my generation got in control of things, the whole country would fall apart. I've never seen a more selfish generation than my generation. Uh, there is no sacrifice there. You know, even a thing like a mask is too much to ask of them. They're, they're not my parents' generation, the World War II generation. 
boy, oh boy, they were something. But uh, they, what happened is they, after World War II, they started with the baby boomers uh, generation. That's all their babies. And they, they indulged them and they became assholes. And then what's even worse, the assholes began raising babies. And they've done a way worse job. So when assholes raise assholes, you've got assholes squared, if you know math. <laughs> So now we've got a country full of assholes, but I, but the original assholes are my generation. I knew it. I saw it growing up. I said, we're in big trouble. Um, you know, and when I was growing up, you had, you know, some really good politicians, some people who really kind of ran things. And they you, you worked felt together, safe. even if they yep. were in different parties, they worked together once they got elected to make the country better. Yeah. So don't feel like, you know, your your generation is going to really fuck stuff up when you guys get in power. I, I'm glad I'm not going to be around to see it. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be in a better place. And that better place will be oh, okay. in my mausoleum uh, with an open coffin. I thought you were wanting to stay around forever. Suppose just before they get into in charge, they say, Howard, you could live forever. Oh, no. Yeah, no, no, I, I would live forever, but I'd move to another country before these <laughs> assholes squared getting uh, power. I don't know where I'd go. I'd probably go to, like, Amsterdam. But um, I, they, they seem to have a shortage of assholes there. I um, I, I kind of, I don't know, it's just so fucked up. I was talking to Beth yesterday about, um, she says, you really want to be in a mausoleum with a straw coming out of your coffin? I said, straw? When did a straw get into this? I said, no, I want my coffin open so that if I am accidentally put in there, I can get out. She said, all right. You have to think. Anything can happen. So on accident, you want to you want to have an exit point. Right. My wife and I, thank you, Carrie. My wife and I have the best conversations. Yesterday's conversation. No wonder I'm such a joy to live with. Um, she said to me, you know, if something ever happens to me, um, you know, you can't you can't give away Mushu, our cat, because Mushu is so attached to you. You're the only person she goes to. And the other cats, I guess you'd have to give away. I said, honey, I would never give away our cats. I mean, I love our cats. I mean, she goes, well, you can't take care of them. I said, well, my new wife will take care of them. <laughs> and she goes, what do you mean? I go, yeah, my new wife is going to, you know, part of her duties will be to maintain the cats and, uh, Clean the litter boxes like you do. That didn't make her happy, but I I, of I wanted to assure not. What are you I talking to, about? I wanted to assure her that the cats would be taken <laughs> care of by my new wife. <laughs> she was like, "Well, who are you gonna marry?" I said, "Well, um, let me see. I think um, Tyra Banks." She goes, what? Tyra Banks. I said, "Yeah. Why not? She just got Dancing with the Stars. She's a good earner." <laughs> <laughs> She'll take care of a cat. I also thought maybe that Emily Ratajkowski would be a good wife, too. Well, I think she's married. Yeah, well, that, that ain't going to last. <laughs> <laughs> I did turn to my wife and say at one point, wouldn't it be great if we recorded all these conversations so people could hear what we talk about? I mean, they would be shocked. Because we, we think it's all very funny. This is our way of laughing at everything. Hey, um... Got a, got a lot of nice mail from people talking about the Chris Cornell song I played yesterday. Ah. Patience, the Guns N' Roses cover that he did. Yeah. I want to thank. Yeah, we were the first ones to um to actually play that. Uh, Chris Cornell's widow sent it over and said, would you guys like to be the first ones to play this? We did. And I got a, I got a ton of feedback on it. Let me see if I got that. That's so nice. Yeah, people liked it. I'm so into music, you know. I was never a big REM fan, but I was listening yesterday uh, as I was working out. Songs. Yeah. You're working out? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty jacked this morning. Can <laughs> listening you tell? to REM? <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm so not sore because I barely do a workout. It's over in like 15 <laughs> minutes. I've gotten it down to 15 minutes. Like it's, a, it's like eight push ups. You know, I bench press 20 pounds. It's, then you it's go, pathetic. Ah, now I'm ready to. Yeah. I don't even know why world. I do it. Yeah, I don't know why I do it. <laughs> My body's a mess. You know, I look terrible. But uh, but anyway, I'm listening to REM, and I'm listening to that song, What's the Frequency, Kenneth? Yeah. And, you know, I can't believe 
Because, you know, I would love to write a hit song. I can't believe those guys. You know, what's the frequency, Kenneth, was this weird little news story that happened. Dan Rather was walking down the street in Manhattan. Dan Rather, who used to be the, the anchor man on CBS News, he was walking down the street and some dude punched, just walked by him and punched him in the face and said, what's the frequency, Kenneth? Now, I can't believe R.E.M. wrote a song about that. I was like, I wonder how many people even remember that incident. And they're probably like, well, what the hell is what's the frequency? Right, they don't even know what it's about. Yeah, I mean, it was like, gee, that's pretty creative. What's the frequency, Kenneth? I didn't think to write a song about that. Who would write a song about that? I don't know who got the thought. Uh-huh. They say lyrics are really important in a song, but I don't even know what he's saying. But some of the lyrics don't have to make sense, you know. Oh. Like some lyrics, of course, do make sense and tell a story. Others don't. But my yeah. point is, like, if you came to the rest of your band... <laughs> and said, I just saw Dan Rather get hit on the street, and he's, the guy said, what's the frequency, Kenneth? Don't you think your band would throw you out? <laughs> yeah. Well, my band would be. I'd say, hey, I'm writing a song. Some fucker punched me in the middle of the street. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm pretty literal in my songwriting. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I was thinking about Katy Perry. She's lucky she didn't have to have a band. She did it solo, so she doesn't have yeah. to sit there and discuss. Like, if she wants to write a song, I kissed a girl and somebody lo- you know, loved it. I, she didn't have to consult with a band. Uh, but then, you know, I was thinking about R.E.M. And then they wrote a song about Andy Kaufman, mm-hmm. Man on the Moon. Like, who, you know, hey, Andy, where are you? You're probably up in heaven making fun of Elvis. Like, who the fuck would think to make a song about that, about Andy Kaufman? Uh, that was pretty cool. He was out there. Yeah. Kaufman. I thought, you know, I go back and watch Andy Kaufman on Letterman regularly. I just, you mm-hmm. know, I, I, I Google it and get, get that YouTube stuff. Um, in fact, I always try to talk to Letterman about some of those legendary appearances. He gets very uncomfortable talking talk about it. He doesn't want to talk about, about it. Yeah. Why? Why does he want to talk about his whole show? I think, you know, it's so... Yeah, I always used to read about how um, miserable he was after every show. Yeah, I know, but now it's <laughs> over, and now we can look back on it with some, no, some joy. No, he's still going to be miserable. He doesn't want to do it. Mm. Yeah, well. Unbelievable. Anyway, um, Natalie Maines was speaking of music. Uh, Natalie Maines was on our show yesterday. And uh, judging from the email, everybody loved her. I mean, I, I could read you one after another, but. She loved, they loved how she called out Bobo. She's a true gem. She gets the show, a true fan. We love hearing her. I loved her concern for Beetlejuice. Um, they, some people loved her uh, rendition of Great American Nightmare, the Rob Zombie song. Yeah. Natalie was very excited about that. Natalie Maine, such a badass. She's by far one of the best guests of all time. Another great interview, blah, blah, blah. I loved Apple's hitting on her. That was great. I thought maybe <laughs> Apple's got a shot. Um, there you go. And, uh, oh, this is interesting. You know, Sal did that thing where he takes his foreskin and sticks it in his ass. Yeah. Uh, someone wrote in, it's one thing to do a stunt like that in the studio. It's a whole different vibe when you're fucking your own ass in the family home. I can't help but wonder, does Sal discuss this with his family before or after do they all talk about it at dinner or pretend it never happened? Does Sal wash his hands after the stunt or does he go straight back to typing on his keyboard and touching his microphone? 
Uh, is this the family computer? Does he share the keyboard with his wife and kids? Uh, wow. These are all uh, good questions. Yeah. Sal, can you riff real quick on these uh, questions and give us an answer? So question uh, one, do you discuss this with your family at all? No. Okay. Do they? Uh, do you talk about it at dinner or do you pretend it never happened? Uh, pretend it never happened. <laughs> do you wash your hands? Be honest. After For the most the, part, I do. Yesterday, uh, reflecting back yesterday, I did not wash my hands at the moment. And then I did wash my hands. The words, first time I did it, I, no, the first time I did it, I immediately washed my hands. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. I, I, I'm calling bullshit on that, but okay. I'll, I'll I agree with you. Howard. Yesterday I did right. not, Howard. So you are correct. Yesterday right. I did not wash my hands. Is that the family computer or uh, is that your own? No, this, is, this is strictly mine. Right. So Thank you, God. So you touch your dick in your asshole, and then you, and you're typing away on the computer. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's brown stains on the letter W. <laughs> Do your fingers smell like ass or uh, or dick? I mean, what is? No, they no. smell pretty good now. <laughs> yeah, well, it's 24 hours. <laughs> I hope you wash them. I don't think I did, Robin. <laughs> do you do you lock that room when you're working or when you're done? I'm under the. I'm in my basement under the stairwell. That's where the desk is. Uh-huh. So there's no. This is not a room. Ah. Uh. And my wife comes down uh, to do the laundry from uh. time to time. There is a. Oh, yeah. uh, there is a song about Sal's penis. I learned to really love my foreskin. Sal's my cock is gone. It's a very, very, very gross cock. I put garlic on my cock. It's a nightmare with the smell. It's long enough for him to stick it up into his own asshole. My dick became part of me. It defined somewhat of who I am. I get dizzy from the smell that's wafting up. Very nice song. Beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Very nice. You know, Sal, he, he did that whole stunt with his dick and his asshole, and then he goes upstairs. He's touching all the doorknobs. You know, you know, it's disgusting. I know. It's I'm all making all the kids the breakfast. Now. Yeah, he made yeah. the kids breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Dad, these eggs taste a little funny. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. All right, Sal. Very good. Thank you. Thank All you right. for the honest answers. Thank you for the honest, disgusting answers. Always, Howard. Um, yeah, with this regard to uh, Jimmy Fallon sent over a bunch of pizzas to my house. Yeah. And um, I was very paranoid about the pizza containing COVID. And I got into this thing with my wife that I didn't think we should eat the pizza because uh, we don't know who delivered and blah, 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 blah. Uh, the fans seem to mostly think I'm out of my mind. Howard, I can just picture a stack of pizzas being delivered to your house and you freaking out. Who knew receiving a pizza could turn your entire life upside down? Uh, Howard's Tonight Show, Pizza Paranoia, Monday morning made me chuckle. I hope that Beth enjoyed the pies. Uh, some listeners think my COVID-19 fear is next level. Please don't waste Dr. Agus's time by having him on the show again, if you're not going to listen to him, he specifically told you food deliveries were fine. You yourself sent the gigantic Nathan's order to your 90-year-old parents' home. Let yourself enjoy Jimmy's gener- generous gift of pizza. Well, that is a What do you have stick. to say to that? Nothing, because <laughs> nothing makes sense. No, first of all, yes, I did send something to my 90-year-old parents, and you should have seen the precautions that were taken. You should have seen the microwaving that went on. And you should have seen the, the exchange of putting things in different plastic bags and people wearing gloves and masks. So don't even go into it about that. Um, you know, uh, the, the, the idea of uh, what Dr. Agus said, yes, it's true that uh, transmission through objects is less likely, but possible. You don't know. But you do have microwaves, gloves. Beth won't microwave. She does not microwave. She doesn't microwave? No, she put I'm it in busy. the oven? I'm microwaving salad, and she (laughs) won't microwave. So I don't even, I mean, I'm screwed. If uh, she gets it, then I'm going to get it. Wow, Howard, you have more mental problems than I realize. People get takeout from restaurants all the time. Has anyone caught coronavirus from that? I don't know if they have or haven't. I get takeout as well. What I do is I have a whole protocol. Stop it. I'm normal. What, do you not eat the, the food for three days? That's right. It sits in my garage. (laughs) No one gets coronavirus from eating food. You're turning into a big baby. Okay. Uh, On a lighter note, Chris Cornell, uh, the song Patience that uh, the family just released and gave to us to play. What a beautiful version of Patience. Chris Cornell was one of the last. last... What was that? Well, I don't Hmm. know. My voice. My voice is echoing all of a sudden. Hmm. 
Maybe anyway. he yelled too loud. Check, check. Nah, it's not that. Okay. What a beautiful version of patience. Chris Cornell was one of the last real rock stars. Happy birthday, Chris. Uh, blah, 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 blah. You know, on and on and on about Chris Cornell and how great he was. And we know he was great. And, uh, yeah, we're happy. Thank you for that uh, song. We love debuting a song. It makes me feel very important. Right, Robin? Absolutely. But I'm still thinking about you and the food. Yeah. Are you ever going to eat any of the pizza? No. No. <laughs> Beth ate it, though. So what good does it do me? I can't get her to. That's right. You might as well eat the pizza. Yeah. What else was I going to tell you? There's a. Um, oh, Richard and Sal did something good. Do I have time for this? I don't think I have time for this. I'll do this after Katy Perry. Um, Richard and Sal put a lot of work into this. Uh, you know, we yeah. love tr- we love tricking radio disc jockeys into saying ridiculous things. Like we'll find some radio station and we'll send them uh, birthday announcements. And- yeah. You know, we get them to say nutty stuff. So we we put to, we uh, those two guys put together a coronavirus fake birthday names. They got stuff. That, it's crazy, but we'll play that after we speak with Katie. Okay. All right. And uh, what else did I want to tell you? Yeah, and I'm and I want to get to Bigfoot as well at some point because there's a lot going on with Bigfoot that you should know about, and you need an update on that as well. And uh, we're going to take a short break about all of the Wagpackers. And as we pointed out yesterday, so far, it seems that none of them have gotten the coronavirus. Yes. Yes. It's amazing. And then Gary will give you an update on his latest dilemma, whether or not to send his kid to college. Ah, and there's a lot going on there. And I know there's a lot of phone calls to his child. Uh, You know, his kid is. Uh, you know, they must discuss it with him. They can't well, just mandate Gary. it. Yeah, but Gary pays the bills. Gary! So the, the problem is, like, do you pay for... Gary, here, quick, real quick. Tell, tell Robin your dilemma. It's Robin. It's totally a discussion, 100% a discussion every day. Okay. He wants to go back. We're more worried about it. So I've already signed a lease on an apartment for a year that may be empty by the end of August, Okay. I'm also paying, I already paid tuition as of July 15th, 3% increase, thank you very much, um, for him to go back to school. And right now they're doing a thing where they're going to, um, they're going to rotate days between online classes. Like if you have a Monday, Wednesday class and there's 30 kids in the class, 15 go in on Monday, 15 watch online, and then they switch on Wednesday, Wednesday. My son feels, he cracks his joke all the time. He says he thinks a quart of milk will last longer than the semester. He thinks the semester's over in two or three oh. weeks because, and, and then if it does, then it's just online learning. So I'm going to pay the same money for online learning and pay for an apartment. That's financial aspect of it. And then the second part is I'm sending my kid to be with a bunch of other kids. You know, he's not going to be in a dorm room. He's in an apartment, luckily, with not as many kids. But, you know, kids have trouble staying away from each other. And I don't want him to get sick. And even like kids had no problem staying away from me <laughs> when I went to college. No one came near me back in my day. But um, but like I'm having. What are you gonna do? So like my son. What are you gonna do? Well, we say we say every day is a new day, and and today we're going as of today, but that could change tomorrow. And would you mind if I write that down on a poster? Every day is a new day because uh, I I'm trying to get into the poster business. It's just you know I mean I can't like when he'll say well what happens in three weeks I was like I can't tell you till we get there. You know what I mean? I don't know what three weeks is going to bring. So I'm on these, um, the school does these Zoom calls for like a thousand parents and they're saying the right thing. They're going to get rapid testing. They're going to do contact tracing, which the government isn't doing, but at least they're doing it. And, hello, um, hello. they're, you know, they're in touch with the hospital up there. Hello, hello. And so, oh, hey, uh, Gary, listen, I got I got to just listen to what they're saying. Hello, right. Dean. Will, will there be hot water for the showers? Even hey, Gary gets on a big, Gary gets on a Zoom call with the dean of the college, Dean Wormer, and uh, he, what you get, and, and the dean tells you what's going on. Well, it's a thousand parents, so basically, what happens is every parent can submit a question. I don't; I just watch everybody else because they're all going to ask any question hmm. I have anyway. And so he takes questions and he answers them. And he's been doing it. Excuse so far, me, I've been dean, on two will, of them. Will you know there the be dean, chocolate in the cafeteria? In Animal House, uh, the dean was Dean Wormer, but remember in, uh, what was the movie? Oh, Back to School. Back, back to School. It was Dean Martin. 
<laughs> Dean Martin. <laughs> Excuse me, Dean Martin. Uh, what What's going on? I don't know what to do. Yeah. Is this a beer school or a pot school? Got to know which team is my son playing for. You want to know something? I, I, I share your my, I share your confusion. I don't know what you would yeah. do. But, but Gary's rules are weird anyway. Didn't you have people over your house for July 4th? I did. Uh -oh. I my family yeah. over. And your family over. In the backyard. Yeah. In the back, first of all, Dr. Agus has said that outdoor transmissions are really hard to come by. We had our, he said you, people should be now getting together in small bubbles. Our bubble was 10 people, including the Man. three people in my family. Well, yeah, there's the three of us, and then my sister-in-law and her husband, and uh, their kids, and Riley. But, um, and you, yeah, we, and, and Mary, you, and you stayed Mary outside? Takes, Mary takes, stayed outside. All right. Could they come in to use the bathroom? There's a dedicated bathroom that's down in the basement. <laughs> Mary cleans it. Yeah. They got to go in a certain door, and they don't go through the house. They go in the basement, which we're not in. And then when they're gone, Mary goes down, and she cleans it again. Gary also went to a friend's house to hang on the porch. I'm going to, you know what? Let me go take a break. I got to pee anyway. But we're going to get right. back to this and I'll tell you what. I really don't know what I do. I got to think about your dilemma. Well, um, they seem to be all in anyway already. They've yeah. paid for But it's for all paid everything. for already. It's paid yeah. for everything because if you don't pay, if you miss the deadline, then you can't go to college. So we paid for it and, and I don't know. What are you going to do? By the way, I got a lot to talk to Gary about, but I don't want to bump into uh, Katy Perry with this whole thing because I need time with you. Because I also heard you shared a pipe with someone. What? And then you, yeah, and then he cleaned the pipe with alcohol, but he, someone's mouth was on it. He, he's breaking the rules left and right, but he's worried uh, about his son. He's cracking. I'm, he's cracking. I goggled I, with Clorox after. Am I right <laughs> that you've shared a pipe with someone? That is true. I was, I, I mean, they, they, they gave the pipe, and then I took it, and I took one of those wipes, and I wiped it all over the pipe, and then I took a hit. Oh, dude. I mean, it wasn't, you... I wasn't smoking. Uh, yeah, no, I know. That was stupid. I agree. That was stupid. <laughs> oh, my I God. I was drunk at that point. Oh, dude. Well, that's what Dr. Fauci said. He says, that why bars are open, I don't know, because he knows all rules fly out the window once you start yeah. drinking. Suddenly sharing a pipe with somebody. Oh, all right. I'll get to this after, but I got to take a break. We'll be back. Okay. Ain't nobody worried. Ain't no smiling faces. No, no, lying to the races. Yeah, help me. I'll take you there. The staple singer. Somebody help me. What happened to the staple singers? Are they still around or what? I think maybe they're dead or something, right? Can't hear you, Robin. Are you talking? Yes, I'm sorry. Mavis is, you know, they're all very old now, but Mavis uh -huh. was at the Prince tribute you like so much. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I did like that. Hey, the last time Katy Perry was on our show, she was a young kid. It was in August of 2008, and I think it's 2020. So if I'm doing the math, Katie, I'm going to say that's like 30 years ago you were on the show, which is crazy. Hi. How are you? Well, rise and shine and give God the glory, glory, rise and shine. And you, know, you must know that one or no. You know what's a total heathen. Of, of course I know that song. Are you kidding? I wrote that song. I wrote that. I was drunk. <laughs> By the way, Katie's here. She got good morning. She got a new album, Smile Drops on August 14th. All the kids are saying drops. That's what you got to say, drops. That's what you say now, yes. That's what you say. There's now, nothing but. to drop really. It's a Well, I'm about to drop a lot of stuff actually. My uterus is dropping right now yeah. as we speak. So. How are you doing with your pregnancy by the way? Because this is a particularly difficult time with COVID-19. Do you have a plan? I'm assuming you're going to go to a hospital, but maybe you're rich enough that you can have the hospital come to you. What are you going to do? What's your plan? No, no, no. Um, of course I have a plan, but I think 2020 is the year where if you make plans, God laughs. Um, so I have been really going with the flow, and I have a couple of ideas um, for that date coming soon, very soon. Yeah. 
I mean, I was rough. even thinking, you know, I was like really like skimming the surface of sleep last night because I was so excited about the interview. <laughs> and it's very early over here in Los Angeles. And I did not brush my teeth or shower for you. I'm sorry. Well, um, but, but thank you for getting uh, up early. I know that's a drag, <laughs> especially when you're pregnant and you're about to drop, you know. I know, I know. I was like, hmm, it could be like this morning. It could just all start this morning. If you um, would that'd have be your... so fun for you. Oh <laughs> We'd my god, be like if going you... through it together, Katie. If you had your baby on the air and I was your coach, which I'm very good at, by the way, I've done it three times. I I must tell you, uh, that would be very good for my ratings and and, and listenership. <laughs> so if you would do that, oh, I would love it. You, are you feeling like you might let the baby? Are you, are you any contractions? <laughs> no. Are you reading tons of books on pregnancy and, you know, and, and what to expect? No, I actually, um, I'm more of a learn from default. And, um, my sister has two niece, uh, two little girls that are my nieces, three and six. And she had both of hers in her living room in, you know, one of those makeshift tubs. And wow. I helped deliver them, meaning like I pushed back the leg, I sifted out the poop. Um, I saw the whole thing, you know, I saw the babies come out like little by little and, um, I've seen her, you know, raise them so beautifully with her husband. And that's kind of just been my education, honestly. Would you mind jumping up and down so that that will stimulate you to give birth right now during the interview? <laughs> Try that to bring awesome. something on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make <laughs> those contractions. <laughs> That'll do it. No, but I mean, at this point, I know where you're at in your pregnancy. You got to be anxious to give birth already. It gets very uncomfortable. You know, you got to pish every five minutes, right? I mean, it's like crazy. Actually, I'm not anxious at all. Um, I have, uh, I guess I feel super blessed. I've had a really easy one, um, mm-hmm. physically. My body, you know, I'm like 5'8 and, and, you know, all American body type. I don't know what that means, but I guess that's what it is. Right. Um, but, you know, I'm just, I've, I've got big bones and I can handle it and I'm very active. Like I'm, I'm really active. Orlando's always talking about like how he doesn't even notice that I'm pregnant until I turn around and it's like right there. Um, I'm, I'm excited, you know, but if she's anything like me, she'll be late. So, well, some women during pregnancy, the worst part of this, in fact, I have a friend who just gave birth and was saying she, uh, went to the bathroom during it. You know what I mean? Number two. Are you nervous oh. in front of? Yes. Are you f- nervous in front of Orlando that that could happen? And if that happens, no. you don't want him seeing that, right? So, so previously in my life, and actually that's a funny question. Um, previously, you know, in my twenties, I was a lot more like particular about the idea of, of this, right. you know, and then watching my sister, uh, give birth and watching, you know, her husband who's Danish and those Scandinavians, they really just get fully in, you know, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, that was like my wish for my future is someone that was like, just going to be fully diving in. And Orlando is just, you know, nothing phases him. He's, he likes to, he likes to like attest it to being a Capricorn. Like nothing is, is going to shock him. And, you know, we, we, we are uh, okay with all that. That is just the natural process. <laughs> this Orlando, as long as you bring up his name, I uh, love this guy. This guy, I met him at a, a I met him at a party. Does he? Did he tell you yeah. about this? And well, I, um, he talks about you all the time. And he, and you know, I told him I was coming on the show, and he's like, "Oh yeah, me and Howard, we we like are best friends." I mean, he thinks that you guys like have <laughs> such great rapport. With each but other. we do. I think the same thing. We were at this party, and uh, I don't know. He's sitting there. You know how fucking handsome he is. I'm like sitting there going like, oh, Jesus That's Christ. That's why I'm this in guy. this mess. Yeah, I'm like, no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, how can you resist? But, uh, and, man, that kid's going to be good looking. But um, <laughs> Well, it's, no, my, I don't know what my karma is. We'll see. Let's knock on wood. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if that kid is ugly? There's no way. <laughs> Between you and Orlando Bloom, I can't see anything going wrong that way. I just can't. I mean, come on. But this guy, what a fun guy. I'm hanging out with him. I'm having a good time. And we kind of had this weird bonding thing going on. And uh, I could see how you got seduced. I really can. Uh, it's you know crazy. what he has? He has, I, I call it, he has a joie de vivre about life. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he's 43. He is so fit. I mean, like, so 
So my <laughs> brother-in-law is very fit and he just turned 45 and um, Orlando's 43 and he was taught, they were talking about testosterone because, you know, they're all beefing up during quarantine. They have <laughs> yeah. a lot of time on their hands to do right. so. <laughs> and they work out together and he's, and there, and there's like this testosterone level test, you know, that they're in and like, Orlando's got that of a, of, you know, someone in their, in their twenties, but he's, you know, he's all about like mind, body, spirit. And that's what definitely attracted me to him. You know, yeah, we always no, look, I'm... we always look for what we lack and he definitely has that, like that ever effervescent joy that you, you, he walks into a room and he'll, he'll light it up. I know. I was teasing him about his penis picture, the famous penis picture where you guys were on vacation somewhere. <laughs> and he is nude. Like, you're not nude. He's nude. Well, he, he tried to get me there and I was like, nah. <laughs> Did you know not to be nude because you knew somebody was going to get a picture of that, right? <sighs> I mean, I, I wouldn't have never like set him up. You know, right. like if I no. had a real thought, but like in my, in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, this, I, you know, I am Jim Carrey in the Truman show a little bit. So I <laughs> yeah. feel like, you know, maybe there would be a chance. I'm, I'm the more, I guess I would say I'm a little bit more of the pragmatic in the part, in the partnership. Did you ever say to him, listen, Orlando, what's the point of being naked on a paddleboard or whatever canoe? I mean, you know, they, well, it was Europe. I mean, it was Europe oh. and like. And honestly, and honestly, like, you know, I mean, we we had had a pretty chill time for a week and, um, you know, everywhere we looked, it was like it was like everybody was naked. It was Europe. It was it was Italy. <laughs> and I think he wanted to fit in with the locals. Right. And um, yeah, it was I just hope the you end of the, it was the end of the trip. <laughs> I got to tell you, I had the strangest reaction to it. I said, I hope Katie put sunscreen on that thing of his because uh, he doesn't want to burn it. Uh, I hope you did. I don't know. But um, he was he he was uh, he was, um, you know, previously, like days before it was talking about Twitter and, you know, he, you know, some 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 statistics about like Pirates of the Caribbean or Lord of the Rings, just, you know, in good fun. And I was yeah. like, I roll, I roll, I roll. And then all of a sudden he is number one trending on Twitter. And I was like, how? How? Stop. <laughs> I was so jealous. I said, this guy, he's like one of the best looking guys I've ever seen in person. And I go, I cannot believe the size of his penis. Like, why does he get everything? Why does he? He has it all. Got Katy Perry, the big penis. He's got. It's it's just. It's too much. You know, I prayed and prayed for a big penis when I was a kid, and I never. And, and you know, the famously, you told me when you were on the show a hundred years ago, you prayed for big breasts when you were were a kid. You before your yeah, breasts came. I'm definitely in. very voluptuous. Yes, you you were blessed. Hey, since you were on, I I was talking to Robin about you. Uh, a couple of times, but the thing that blew my mind was that you have over a hundred million uh, Instagram followers or Twitter followers. I don't know which one, but I was thinking about that. That is incredible power. A hundred, over a hundred million people follow you. I'm in radio. You know, when I was on terrestrial radio and doing, um, I was on in all these markets, and I had an audience like 25, 30 million people. You would. Can you wait? Like that's like having a radio station, the most successful radio, to have a hundred million people following you. You could just put commercials on there and hang out on there and make a tremendous living if you think about it. That's like owning a television network. Do you ever do you ever well, kind of bask in that glory? No, but you know, I definitely you should see the crucifixion the like you should see how they treat you. Um <laughs> When you write your in the wrong way, yes. <laughs> I mean the grammar, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Uh -huh. um, no, it's you know I think I stopped drunk tweeting in 2014. Did you get in um, trouble? No, it's just one of those conscious things of like, whoa, the tightrope's getting tighter, <laughs> um, and you know. You, you do see it nowadays. It's everything, everything, you know, will be uh, held against you. And it's, it's all receipts. So, uh, but the thing is, look, it is all receipts, but also I hope and pray that 
one day we can live in a world where we can grow and, um, you know, make mistakes and learn from them because that's the only way you learn. You know, I think, I think it's, um, for me, I've fallen flat on my face publicly a couple, a couple of times. And, you know, I do call myself, uh, I, I'm kind of prone to this, uh, Perry Pinata-ness every, every six months or whatever. There's just like a leveling that happens, you know, I guess people, you know, they put you on the platform and they want to, they want to make sure that they still have the control and they absolutely do. Um, so they test it. And, um, um, the funny thing is just living under a microscope, you just, you'll never live perfectly to anyone's standards. And especially when you're not born, like I was born in a, a circumstance where, um, I, I didn't have a lot of education and, um, came from a very sheltered perspective. So I've had to rewire all those ways of thinking and I've had to do it on a public platform. So it's been pretty know. interesting. Yeah, I mean, I would not want to be an artist. I mean, I remember the 60s and 70s. There was no social media. And, like, man, it was so great. Artists would speak out through their music. You had control. I mean, getting attacked constantly and all this kind of stuff, I don't know. It, it, you're right. I, I mean, I guess having 100 million followers is great, but it can also be really kind of insane uh, with everybody commenting on what you do, Yeah, uh, I guess. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Yeah. That's Did what you, they we, say. Not going to college. Do you have any regrets about that? Like not having a normal life? Do you ever fantasize what life might have been like if you could have gone to school and like kind of had more of a normal life? But I don't know. You've no, had a pretty I mean, great I've, life. I, yeah, I mean, I, I have a normal life. I actually really do. Like we're very normal, Orlando and I. Um, and also I'm 35 and, and one of my life goals is, is to go to Oxford. It is to continue my higher education. And so I don't think that that bell has been rung and necessarily has to be rung while I'm, you know, in my early twenties. Um, I just was on, I was just on the, you know, track from nine, nine years old singing. Um, and I feel like I did all that and I got to really, check a lot of boxes, which I'm so grateful for. And now with a child coming into our lives at 35, I feel very like ready. Like I don't feel like, you know, I've missed out on anything. And so I'm ready to step into this role. And then, you know, I really like, I super duper want to further my education, psychology and philosophy. So we'll yeah, do that. You're, when you're going to be a new mother, do you put like a, do you, I don't know if you're in therapy or not, but like you don't want to yes, repeat. Yes, sir. I've been in therapy for a decade. Yeah, right. Yeah, me too. More than a decade, but it does help, right? Because you don't want to repeat the patterns of motherhood that perhaps you had. You know, you, you whatever those things are, you got to become hyper aware and make it about the kid and not yourself. And especially, that, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just saying that they say that the um. All the children, you know, I don't know, the children's trauma or that they're all the things that like, you know, their habits are formed are from zero to 18 months. So I actually went to um, this place called the Hoffman Process, which Orlando went to as well, which is a week long intensive of rewiring um, your neural pathways um, through different um, psychological and spiritual exercises um, it's mostly science, but it could come off a little like hippy dippy for some people. Um, but, uh, basically you just rewire all the negative paths, all the negative habits that you have, you know, had for so many years and don't understand why you keep going in that loop. Um, and it's intense. It is, it is like another 10 years of therapy, but it saved my life and it changed his life. And, um, it, um, really, I think hope. It set me up for the idea of motherhood because before this, I was like, I don't know how to do this. I like an alien growing inside of me for 10 months. And then also like when it comes out, it's going to break. Yeah. I mean, who even knows what like how to be a parent? You don't know. You haven't had any practice at it. You don't know what you're going to be like. It's a it's a frightening thing, especially now with COVID-19 and all this other pressure. You got to limit the amount of people that come into your home you know, it's not like you can have your whole family around you the whole time because of, uh, you know, you're worried about coronavirus. You got to protect the kid. There's so much stuff to worry about right now. 
it's hard enough to be a new mom. And then you got all this other outside pressure. Uh, you know, it, how it, are you isolating? Are you like completely alone? You and Orlando handling everything at the moment? Um, you know, we are very kind of calculated risk type people. Um, we have our family that, um, you know, is, is large. So it always constantly kind of feels like a party. Um, my, we have my sister and my brother and they have kids and then my parents and everybody is a mask believer, which is great. Um, and, um, you know, that's, that's, I think that in and of itself is one of those basic kindness things you can do. Um, especially when you have to go and do the essentials like grocery store or pharmacy or blah, blah, blah. Um, but we do a lot of like outside social distance dinners. You hey, know, Katie, when you, like when, when you do something like the Hoffman process or something, when you do that, is are other people around like do they is it almost like a, an AA meeting like other people get to hang with you when you go to do this group kind of uh, therapy thing? <laughs> um, yeah, it's not like an AA meeting, which I have been to before, but um, it is a week long and it's with about 39 other people that have oh, come man. there. Imagine how excited can... they are when they see Katie no, Perry and Orlando Bloomer there. Oh, bullshit. they're not. I'd you know be. why? Because because you know why when they get first of all, most people don't want to go there because nobody really wants to like hold hands with their demons right. um, for a week. Yeah. And you, you're you're offline. You're not you're not on any device or reachable or understanding. You know you know you, you don't get newspapers. You're really focused on on the task at hand. Um, but everyone's really there for wholeness and for healing for themselves. Like a lot of people have been through so much more than you know what I've been through, and so like this is a this is kind of a life or death situation. So like. You know, if they see me or notice me, which I never I I was very conscious of of keeping a low, you know, magnetism and making it, you know, not about me because it's not about me. It's like everyone's there for their work. Hoodie, hood up, hat down. You know, people really didn't even know until you can, you know, share it at the end if you want what whatever. But um it was just about everybody's individual process. It wasn't, there is no celeb anything. It's really good. Human to human. Yeah. Good and thing I, and I wasn't why, there. Yeah. Because well, I would have been like, you know, oh, wow, Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom. Let me see if I can uh, get close to these two. I'll, uh, you would try love it, Howard. <laughs> would I? Yeah, I like all you that would. stuff. You I like, mean, I've been in, you are an, you, you are an evolved human. Yeah. So, well, and you yeah. like, evo you like evolving. And this is about that. Speaking of evolving, so since I last saw you, I've always I always figured I'd run into you again because uh, it was such a great visit. You had just, I guess you had just released. I kissed a girl and I liked it, and you came That's in. The last you, time I was on, that was the last time you were on, and uh, it was it was <laughs> great. You came in and you did a live version of I kissed a girl just acoustically. Here I'll remind you. This is what you were doing. I remember thinking, gee, you had this great, you know, vibe about you and you were really excited and, you know, you were you were really coming into your own. It was big success. And, you know, it you don't know. It's beginning days. Yeah. And you don't know at that point from my point of view. And you didn't know. I was like, I wonder what her future is. Like, is it going to be a one hit thing? Is it going to continue? I mean, all of these question marks at that point were there, you know, but like you were just excited that you had kind of hit with a song and it was really, uh, I thought, a great time in your life. But, but was it? Was the pressure of having to come up with another song after that just so intense that uh, it could drive you crazy? Mm, no, I mean at that point in two thousand and eight, which feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah. Um, 
And I can't believe I haven't been on the show since. Gosh, this yeah. is exciting. Maybe yes. I was just so terrified. Um, <laughs> uh, why? you had? A, I thought you had a good experience the first I, time I, you came on. I did, but you're such a good interviewer. And I think I haven't, you know, it's taken 12 years for me to understand that, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, everything is a choice. Um, right. but I think that, um, I had been, uh, rejected for so long before that as by record, you know, companies and the music industry that I was just so excited for it finally to start happening in 2008 with I Kiss a Girl because I was 23 and I had moved to LA when I was 17, but I had really been working towards it since I was, you know, professionally since I was like 15 or 16. Yep. Um, so, you know, it was like, I was just so excited for it. one. And I knew I had a lot more in my arsenal to show. Um, but you know, it was one of those things where it's like, just, it was like, coach, just let me get in the field and I'll show you. I'll just let me just show you one time. It's like you were hungry like for one it. time. What oh my was God, the it whole was foaming at the foaming at the mouth? Yeah, but Katie, what was that whole story about when you were starting out? Like you got a record deal, and then they made the record, and you thought it was. I, I'm trying to remember it because you told me about it when you were in the hundred years ago. What you, you said to me, you had a record deal, and the record got made, and then the record company listened to it, and it didn't sound enough like Avril Lavigne or something. Yeah. Or wasn't at that the, the story? Yeah. Well, and, it was like they, they threw out the Kelly album. Clarkson. Yeah, the Kelly Clarksons and Avril Lavigne of the time was, you know, sh they were the most popular in at that moment. And so when when someone's popular, like, for instance, like, you know, someone like uh, Billie Eilish is popular now. So there will be a trend in music where it's like you try and, you know, execs from the past sometimes will will try and replicate that success. But there's only one one Billie Eilish, and that's right. why she's so successful. Successful. Yeah, because I see a lot of young artists. All of a sudden, artists that I know, they start sounding like Billie Eilish. They chase that sound, and you've you, you got to be an original, right? You can't, you can't chase Billie Eilish. It's not going to work. It, it, yeah. It's just it's absurd. So, I mean, the frustration of not getting an album out because you didn't sound enough like Avril Lavigne or Kelly Clarkson must have been I just mind-blowing. I made up mind for it, Howard. You sure did. Here, I'll, I made I'll show you. I, sh I showed them. You really did because, uh, first of all, here's a, here's a stat. Katie's had nine number one hits and 36 songs on the Hot 100 list, which is just incredible because you know how hard it is to even have one other. You know, how many one-hit wonders are there in the industry? There's just a ton of them. I've interviewed a bunch of them, and they make a decent living just having that hit. But it's got to be frustrating. Here's what you did after you left the studio. We had this. <laughs> had i'm just going down the list <laughs> teenage dream by the way i want you to clear something up for me because i've always had this thought that video yeah that, that i mean you're frolicking with this dude who kind of looks a little orlando bloomish quite frankly which is weird that guy in the video i'm not gay but man i would probably do something to him. I mean, 